This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. The Ford government is going ahead with cuts to municipalities that were delayed after the spring budget. The new plan will see all municipalities, including Toronto, pay 20% for new childcare spaces and 30% of the public health care costs. Under the initial plan, Toronto would have been on the hook for 50% of that cost. Now, the province originally wanted to make these cuts retroactive, but now they will take effect January 1st of next year. The Premier announced these and other changes at the Association of Municipalities of Ontario conference in Ottawa. Municipal Affairs Minister Steve Clark joins me from there now. Minister, thank you for being with us. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Okay, so I've outlined the two main uh, uh, items uh, in the plan for cost-sharing with municipalities. What are some of the other tweaks well, not, that you announced? Well, no, I, I think I need to correct uh, uh, some things on what you did say. Okay. Um, you know, w- w- the Premier and I, uh, on May 27th, hit the pause button uh, on public health, child care, and land ambulance. We said there would be no increase uh, sorry, no decrease for municipalities. It would remain at the previous levels. In fact, what the premier announced today uh, on the on the ambulance service side is uh, nearly a four percent increase in funding this year, and a further increase in 2020. Um, what we did announce was that childcare funding will now be phased over a three-year period, starting in uh, January 2020. And these are changes that our partners have advised us will require more lead time uh, to come into effect. It's gonna, we're going to continue to encourage municipalities to partner with us uh, to support children and families and communities. But we're going to adjust the approach to the sharing expansion operating funding. And in terms of that funding, uh, that's the 80% of the funding that will be provided regardless. And I want to stress regardless of municipal contribution. And what it does do is it gives people over that three-year time on the child care side an opportunity to work with us. And, and and on the public health side, you were right to some degree. There are some communities right now that uh, have a 70-30 cost share. Uh, those communities are going to remain unchanged. The, 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 the most uh, anyone will see uh, in terms of a reduction is 10%. And many, uh, in fact, a number of them who came up to me said that uh, they were happy that they were going to see Certainly, no decrease uh, in 2019, and this announcement okay, ju- ultimately just... results in not having an increase or a decrease in 2020 as well. So, and there were a number of other things too that the premier talked about with the recreation stream and OMPF, our blue box announcement, the cannabis money that we've given people, and that's in addition to modernization money, uh, audit and accountability money. So there were a, a lots of good news. That was announced okay. by the premier and our government. Let, let me just clarify. So are you saying that as of January 1st, municipalities will not have to pay 20% for child care spaces? So what I'm saying is over a three-year period, okay. we're going to be working with municipalities, uh, providing them transition funding. Uh, you know, And basically what it means is we're reinvesting $85.5 million dollars back into child care in 2020, and we're reinvesting $36.5 million in 2021. 
Okay, so, just let so, me let. Plus, and plus, we've got the time now. The whole point uh, of the premier and I coming out in May to press the pause button uh, was to give us this opportunity to sit down with municipalities and work this out. This is why uh, there are technical tables that are set up, for example, uh, on uh, health in terms of public health and land ambulance. So we can actually work with our municipal partners. I've talked to many people on the floor who felt uh, a tremendous, tremendous positivity from uh, from the premier's announcement and the fact that uh, we're going to give them some certainty on a number of funds, like the Ontario Municipal Partnership Fund, like the uh, the cannabis uh, funding, and and the announcement last week on Blue Box has the potential of giving 124 million dollars back in municipal coffers. So. Uh, I think there's a lot of cooperation that we've uh, we pledged to our municipalities. Okay, let me just clarify again. So, say for instance on the childcare spaces, as of January one, you're you're still only providing eighty percent of the cost, but their twenty has to be phased in. Is that right? No, no. There's a there's a there's a funding over a three year period. Um, the other issue as part of childcare is our tax relief program, the CARE tax credit which is going to give 300,000 families up to 75% of their eligible childcare expenses. Uh, we're committing to build up to 30,000 new childcare spaces. So, so it's a, it's a phased in approach and it's based on what municipalities have said they needed uh, to put these changes in effect. Everything that they've said is that if you can't give us the money up front, you need to give us the time. And we've listened to them and we're going to continue to work with them on the childcare piece over a three-year period. We've provided some certainty in all three of these programs for 2019. In fact, as I said, on the land ambulance side, we're actually increasing the money, not just next year, but also this year. So, you know, I think there are, um, you know, some clarifications that uh, that need to be made with individual municipalities. We'll continue to do that at the conference. But if you were on the floor, you would see that there was tremendous applause when the Premier, for example, said that the OMPF, the municipal partnership money, would remain the same for 2020 when he said that we'll open up the community uh, recreation and culture stream on September 3rd for uh, nominated projects to the federal government. And this is all in addition to the $200 million in modernization money we gave small uh, uh, rural municipalities and northern municipalities, and also the fact that the Audit and Accountability Fund for those large urban communities has a 90% uptake by municipalities to look for efficiencies. And, th- and this is what my message is. We want to give municipalities time to work with us to find the savings and efficiencies before these adjustments come into effect. And that's what we pledge to do at this conference. And now with that uh, item, uh, the opening up of, of projects for community centres and the like, is that a response to what Justin Trudeau said last week, that uh, your government hasn't applied for infrastructure funds? No, our, our government's nominated a number of projects. I know in just in my riding alone, I've uh, we've nominated three projects, three infrastructure projects in my riding that we're we're still waiting on the, the federal government. And and I am hopeful that we're we're going to get approvals for all of that. This is the whole point of the bilateral. It doesn't matter whether what party is in power at the provincial or federal level. The, the province has always nominated projects uh, to the federal government. So I'm confident that not just with these projects, but future projects that get nominated, that the federal government will work with the province just like they do with housing. You know, I've had. Uh, you know, uh, some good support with the federal government at uh, at our bilateral announcements on housing. And, you know, I have I have no reason to believe that the federal government won't approve some of the roads and bridge projects 
uh, some of the transit projects that we've already announced. And once we nominate uh, from the, the recreation and community centre stream, I have no doubt that they'll support us on those as well, because uh, ministers have said in the past that Ontario's priorities are their, are their priorities. I know that they'll come through. Uh in terms of deficit reduction, so you're delaying some of some of these measures. Uh, how is that going to affect uh, the deficit reduction plan? Well, obviously, we have a we have a, a robust plan uh, that uh, we announced uh, in the spring as part of our budget that uh, that reduced the deficit. But you know, make no mistake, the the Liberals' uh, previous government left us in a fiscal mess. Uh, we're working with municipalities. Obviously, we've uh, we've done our best, and 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 we continue uh, to ask our municipal partners to work with us. And because we've given them the time, and we continue to work with them after the premier's announcement today, as they lead into the budget process this fall, I have tremendous confidence that uh, we're going to meet our fiscal targets with our municipal partners at our side. And I I have no doubt that the work that I've been able to do at the AMO-MOU table collaboratively, it will continue. Uh, there's incredible political will by AMO to work with this government on meeting our fiscal targets, but also meeting the needs of our local communities. Now, uh, in the past, Toronto Mayor John Tory has said that he felt that Toronto was singled out. Uh, and I know that the province has said Toronto has more means. Uh, where are you at on that? Yeah, I, I met with Mayor Tory uh, last week, and I pledged to him that I want a positive relationship moving forward. I want to spend uh, a lot of time with uh, with him so that he can give me feedback uh, on uh, the transition uh, for our government. You know, the, uh, we've been again. I, I want to talk about uh, Toronto in the in the in the in the vein of having we had 39 municipalities, uh, Ontario's largest municipalities, that were. Uh, eligible to take advantage of the audit and accountability fund to do a line-by-line audit. We've received over 90%, 34 of 39. And if I have my way, by the end of this conference, I want to have closer to 39 out of 39 because there's no reason why uh, a large urban municipality can't take a portion of their administration and put it through this program. It's incredibly uh, easy for them to collaborate with us. That's my message today and my, my message this week at AMO. Okay. How is this going to affect you right now? Let's bring in Kim Wright of Wright Strategies and Councillor James Pasternak of Ward 6 York Centre. Hello to you both. Hi, good afternoon. Hello, Libby. Hi, Kim. So what is your impression of what you heard, Kim? So I was in the room. I'm at the AMO conference and uh, there was a bit of relief from the crowd in that there wasn't uh, wholesale new recalibrations of the relationship. There was an acknowledgement by the premier, and I'll give him credit for this. There was an acknowledgement from the premier that perhaps uh, they went a little too far and too fast. Uh, that uh, and and we're still looking at some of the fallout. There is still the uh, report from the regional government review, which is the amalgamation or not amalgamation of multiple municipalities in Halton region, Peel region, and other places that we're still waiting to see what that looks like. We're still waiting to see what will be the full conversation around uploading and downloading of, of who pays for what services, who will deliver those services. There was a lot of confusion in the room of, 
what do these new announcements, uh, transition funding for 2020, new changes uh, to the agreements around childcare, what does that actually mean for those specific municipalities one by one? Um, and Minister Clark, uh, in his interview with you, Libby, mentioned that they still need to sort those out with, uh, with individual municipalities. So there's a lot of what does this actually mean? And so I was not alone in being a little confused. <laughs> no, not at all. And uh, there's still a lot of clarity that we're that we are looking to, you know, as outside observers or not quite that far outside observers, but certainly municipalities are looking for some clarity on what does this actually mean. And they also have these uh, audits that are underway, which will be looking at uh, 4% savings or reductions uh, as, as those come back in November, which will be a very fast audit process going into municipal government's 2020 budgets. Okay, Councillor James Pasternak, have you sorted out what this means to Toronto and what this means to your ward? There are, there are answers. Clearly, the government uh, wants to go forward with uh, with with the cuts, particularly to health care and child care, which are two of the most transformative public policies over over the last uh, generation. Vital uh, vital to uh, sort of holding the center in Toronto uh, and uh, social cohesion. Um, losing losing those funding sources uh, is is both risky uh, and and unfortunate. At the same time. Uh, we need everyone to take a deep breath, calm down, and continue to work with our provincial counterparts. Make sure that there's constructive engagement, that we continue to work together. We go through things line by line. If it's uh, if we can get a, a longer transition period, that's best. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, when I see some of my colleagues on city council name calling from the day after the election to today, that's not productive. Uh, he he was talking about a longer phase in project, uh, a, a longer phase in period, and he wasn't specific about exactly how long Toronto will get to phase it in. And he was also talking about uh, daycare subsidies for parents. So does that sound good to you, or do you have to see the fine print exactly how long the phase in is? Well, th- there's no doubt. The way it was first uh, done was a puzzle to the city of Toronto and many municipalities across uh, the province, if not all of them. Uh, we had all uh, passed uh, our, our municipal budgets by the time these uh, uh, cuts were announced. Uh, we're bound by statute to pa- pass a balanced budget. We had been promised these funds. Then to bring in retroactive cuts means all of the all of the municipal budgets uh, would have been in deficit and, and violated provincial statute. So it was a very odd uh, kind of period where where we really they really had to backtrack. Having a long transition uh, into into the offloading of more responsibility is always desirable uh, as as a last case scenario uh, where where if you're going to do it give us give us more time to do it but in the interim we have to continue to negotiate hard to make sure that public health remains provincial jurisdiction and it is it is provincial ju- jurisdiction and it is protected under the Canada Health Act uh, and the same care uh, same way daycare. Uh, which in a, in a city like Toronto, which is so expensive uh, in so many different areas, uh, certainly housing and so forth, daycare is such an essential uh, program uh, for working families uh, that to start uh, eating away at these subsidies uh, would have a trickle-down, very negative effect. Kim, uh, 
again, uh, I know it's it's sort of hard to see exactly where this is. There were a couple of things there when when he talked about how he loves community centers and and opening up that envelope. Do you see that as a direct response to Justin Trudeau from last week? I think he needed to address it. It was the elephant in, in the room, and and to leave, you know, he's going to continue to be challenged by the prime minister uh, throughout the campaign trail. Uh, that is the Prime Minister's current strategy. This is going to be a bit of back and forth. But what is really important is that communities will start to be able to unlock that funding. Whatever it re- whatever the response mechanism was, whatever the politics was, ultimately these community centers either need to be rehabbed or completely, uh, you know, developed. And when we've been seeing uh, projects that have been retroactively canceled or delayed, that that becomes concerning to communities. There is this there is this funding. People now know there's this funding available. Municipalities are happy to see that the window is now open for them or will be open right after Labor Day. Uh, there are still a lot of questions, uh, even around childcare spaces and how that will be integrated in within within community centers or with within schools. Um, and then the reemergence of privately run uh, less regulated childcare spaces, and what does that look like? Um, how are those funded? How are those will ultimately re- be regulated? And as your listeners will remember, a few years ago, uh, the reason that we went to more regulated childcare in Ontario was that people were running private, uh, you know, uh, childcare in their homes, and a little girl tragically died in that circumstance. Yeah, so, that that those parents are the friends of somebody who works here is just shocking. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so those are those are the kinds of things that I think we need to make sure that there are the regulations in in play. Uh, one of the things that the premier mentioned today, which is is an important thing to remember, there are hundreds and hundreds of regulations that are administered by the province onto municipalities. Those needed to really be looked at uh, to see whether or not there are still the right regulations for the right times uh, and at the right intervals. And I think that where we're seeing some of the streamlining for municipalities on that re- reporting. Nobody wants to get into a situation like Walkerton again, uh, you know, or the situation with childcare. I think those are the and vaccinations. Those are the important things to keep. And I and and I implore the the province and and other regulators to ensure that those things that are keeping Ontarians safe uh, remain, and things that are just clunky or antiquated or never came off the books uh, that don't have a valid reason for staying. Those can certainly be uh, those can be certainly eliminated. What about the amalgamation of a bunch of public health units uh, that doesn't involve Toronto, I don't think. But uh, is that a good idea, Kim? So I think the, those are things that, again, those programs need to be managed. You need to ensure that, uh, you know, people are being vaccinated appropriately, that people are, that public health in particular is our first line of defense. And we saw this in 2003 with SARS. It was actually Toronto Public Health that noticed a pattern emerging uh, well before the province uh, or the federal government uh, had seen it. Uh, because they were being able to monitor those programs. And I think it, it, it behooves all of us to remember that history so that we are better monitoring. So what does that look like from a governance structure? That's still to be determined. It has to make, maintain an efficiency, but it also has to be able to serve their populations. Uh, and so that, that's the tricky part on, on any amalgamations, whether they we're talking about public health units, transit authorities, or uh, municipal governments themselves. 
Is is there a timeline? When do we find out if uh, Mississauga will be able to uh, leave the region of Peel? Is That's that a- the million dollar question. Uh, it was a regional government review, as it's affectionately referred to, uh, that was announced last year. Uh, there is still no uh, public acknowledgement as to whether or not the report from Mr. Uh, Michael Fenn and, and Ken Sealing has been officially either received by the government or not. Uh, and then what does that look like? We may get some indications from that tomorrow during the minister's forum. Uh, I suspect there'll be questions around that, public questions around that. Uh, but we wouldn't see any sort of major changes on the legislation until the legislature comes back after the federal election. James Pasternak, I mean, it seems to me that that uh, their M.O. so far has been they they do things very quickly and then they backtrack. Do you see this as part of that? Well, I think there's still an opportunity to to work with our provincial counterparts to um, to reach out to them. Uh, to to work in a conciliatory way, uh, my colleague uh, uh, Councillor Michael Thompson was was meeting with the uh, uh, the premier last week. Uh, he chairs the uh, Economic Community Development Committee, which is obviously responsible for daycare. Uh, him and I opened a new daycare in my ward uh, last Thursday, uh, where where he attended. We want to make sure as many subsidies are there as possible. I think listeners have to realize that municipalities had have a limited tax base on which to run programs. The the uh, property tax base can only fund so much. We don't want to hurt seniors. We don't want to hurt uh, uh, young families trying to buy a home. We've got to keep that that tax rate below or, or, or at the rate of inflation. And we've tried for many years to get other taxing powers. Uh, we tried to toll a few years ago. We were promised by the other provincial government that we would have the power to toll. Uh, and, and that was, uh, that was denied us to pay for regional transit. We did ask for a regional, uh, sales tax and, and that was, uh, declined by the, uh, federal government. Uh, we did get a, a, a hotel hospitality tax, but that has so many restrictions on it, it's almost, uh, uh, revenue neutral. So if we're going to take on more responsibilities at the municipal level, we certainly need the ability to have more revenue tools, something the federal and provincial government have. But at the same time, uh, we're, we're sort of at the breaking point here, uh, where we can only take on uh, so much. And a federal system relies on good cooperation between, among the three levels of government, plus the school boards. Okay. Um, absolutely. He, he, you know, Councillor Pasternak is 100% right on this. And, you know, as we've talked about on previous shows, you know, there are some provinces that want a bit of a rebalancing of confederation and what does that look like from a governance and a funding structure. Municipalities and school boards uh, and indigenous communities also need to be at the table for that. Okay. Absolutely. That is all the time we have. Thank you so okay. much, Kim Wright and Councillor James Pasternak. You're very welcome. All the best. Okay. Enjoy the rest of summer. All the Thanks. best to Bye. both of you. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.